0: Okay, alright. I'm here. It's been a minute since we've checked in one on one. Honestly, I I miss you. I need you in my life regularly, or else I just feel like there's a giant gaping hole in my chest. I feel empty, hollow, in my cup doesn't runeth over. When you aren't around. Tuesday. May 2nd. Eat Sleep Rock Nashville. Presents. The Poptimist Riders Round. At the 5 spot. From 6 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are in the Central Time Zone. We have a lot of friends. Of the podcast. That are going to be performing. At this Riders Round. We have Josh Norfleet. Aubrey Riley, Ned Lee, Vinnie Longy, Chloe Litton, Mary J, Skyler House, and Alexis Sasky of Tennessee Muscle Candy. So it's going to be pretty exciting. We got a lot lot of cool things going on in the works. So come out and see us tomorrow night. I'm super stoked to be able to present some of these songwriters that I really believe in. Maybe this becomes a regular thing. Maybe it doesn't. I'd love to do it again sometime. Perhaps the audio will even be posted as a podcast. I don't know. I got to talk to everybody about that. No promises. Maybe it'll be a Patreon exclusive. I don't have a Patreon though, so I guess it it is what it is. Speaking of Vinny though, Vinny's got a show this Saturday with the semi-super villains over at the vinyl lounge where they're going to be cutting some live vinyl he's got a new record coming out semi-supervillains got a new record coming out called frantic very exciting stuff it should be good here is bad transmission by the semi-supervillains i know what you Today we have Tyler Bates. Dude, thanks for joining me.
1: Dude, thanks for having me, man. I'm glad course. to Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you're originally from Virginia, right?
1: Virginia Beach, yeah.
0: Okay. And how long have you been in Nashville for now? Uh,
1: since 2017. 2017. A- yep, April 17th, so it'll be, what, six years?
0: Yeah. Something like that.
1: I had to count on my fingers. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been a
0: long day, man. No, I feel that it has been a long day. God, dude. Um. Yeah. So you moved to Nashville. Did you know anyone moving here? Were you playing with anybody right
1: off the right off the bat, or did it take some time? So it was it was a little weird for me. Uh. So back back home, um. I played with a girl, uh, Celeste Kellogg, who's actually my cousin now. So my mom married her uncle. As a whole, that's a whole other like weird story uh-huh. how that happened, but I was playing for her and we would uh, have gigs out here at Wild Horse Saloon and she had award shows she'd go to and stuff and uh, she would bring the band with her, you know, to, to play shows and watch and stuff like that. And I just started meeting people then um, unknowingly that I was going to want to move to Nashville. Um, so I've been, you know, I I'd been getting to know people since i was about 17 years old coming out here during the summer and all that and there's a as a lot of people's stories go um there's a guy at tootsie's that was playing on the on the second floor there and uh me me and two other guys walked in he goes hey you guys look like a band like well shit yeah i mean we okay cuz yeah. Oh okay, yeah. Okay. Cool. For sure. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I wanted to make sure, um, but he was like, "Y'all look like a band." And I was like, "Well, fuck, he's like, yeah, we are." And so he's like, "Y'all want to get up and do a song or two We all looked at each other. We're like, "Oh." He wanted to take a piss. Yeah. Yeah. He did. He did. <laughs> and we were like, "Fuck it." So we we got up there and we we did a couple tunes, and uh, one guy looked at me and he said, "Hey, you know, if you ever think about moving to town, come find me." I'll be here. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And so, yeah, we just, you know, w- went on about our day, going up and down Broadway, doing the whole, you know, yeah, whole thing. the thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, we went to Broadway that night for a show at Wild Horse, and we we parked at the lot. I, I remember like it was yesterday, the lot that is right next to, um, like, you remember that weed guy is on Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. So he like his cart, that parking lot. Right right outside of
0: uh, Hunky Tonk? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that that little parking area right there is where we parked. I walked out on Broadway. I looked to my left. I looked to my right. I saw all the neon and just everybody going crazy and I was like, this is going to be home one day. I didn't know how I was going to make it happen. But I knew I was like, there's something about this town that like lit a fire in my ass and was like, I need to be here. Went up played a great show at Wild Horse, which didn't help the want to move here anymore. And uh ever since then I was like, you know what, this is this is it. And ever since then I had the uh the eyes on coming to Nashville. I didn't know what I wanted to do in Nashville other than play music. Yeah, do something with music. And uh Thankfully, I had a few years to figure it, <laughs> figure that part out. So,
0: but did you when you got up on stage? W- were you uh, playing bass? Yep, yep. Okay. So
1: primarily a bass player. Um, at at Tootsie's, uh, the guy handed me his his acoustic, and my buddy sang, and my other buddy that was with me played cajon. And so we were, you know, we we did that. I I very piss poor guitar if i'm being quite yeah. <laughs> quite honest with you you, know? you play like a bass player yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah i do too um i know just enough to write and if 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 somebody needs a rhythm player i'm good enough for that i could play a few leads here and there but i ain't i ain't gonna i ain't gonna rip up no solo or nothing yeah. man i ain't gonna do that but yeah i uh i'm a jazz trained bass player Oh shit! So, okay, so yeah. did
0: you start out on upright, or were you playing like an electric, electric. And j- in jazz band?
1: Electric, yeah. yeah. I uh, the the guy that taught me taught out of real books and fake books. Can't read music at all, but I can hear where something is going, and like I, I still to this day I have some trouble doing it, but I can figure out where the song's going without numbers or anything. I just kind of like instinctively say, okay, it sounds like it's gonna go from a one to a flat seven mm-hmm. and I just fig you know kind of figure it out and he the the guy helped me figure out kind of develop my ear but not really develop it kind of half-ass develop it if mm-hmm. that makes sense and yeah. I you know I I ended up having to do more ear tra- I still do ear training I still learn I'm still learning the number system to where I, I know it efficiently throughout the entire fretboard Um, but that just takes time. And that's, that, that, that's something I never really took into consideration of doing. Even when I moved to town and, and played the, the cover gigs I did, I kind of just had charts and read my charts and did it that way. If, if somebody wanted to change the key of watermelon crawl, I'd look and say, okay, if it's a G, then I got to go up a step. You know, I move everything up a step in my head Yeah, and kind of remember, um, just muscle memory, just in, you know, a different spot on the bass.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it can fuck me up a little bit, but once I get my bearing straight, mm-hmm. then I'm usually okay. Yep,
1: yep. As soon as you figure out the chorus, to me, like, after the chorus, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm good. Yeah, like, you
0: can fake it the rest of the way. Exactly, yeah. Just hold it on.
1: The bridge usually goes to a minor chord, so you're like, okay, I think here, you know. Yeah. Kind of do that, so.
0: So if you're kind of jazz trained, the thing about jazz is that it's very th- like theory intensive. Like a mm-hmm. lot of walking jazz bass lines are really algebra equations. Oh, yeah. Because you're going to be starting on a G and then you're like, okay, well, how can I get to, well, that f- the flat seven? Mm-hmm. Like how can, I, how can I make this work or where can I walk from getting to this flat five? Mm-hmm. So you're doing these real time equations in your head. Yeah of trying to figure out how to get there. This
1: bass-ackwards math problem on, on a fretboard. And like I said, I mean, he he really... He helped a lot in developing me musically, um, but just enough to where I I didn't reach that next level. Like, they, there was still quite a few missing pieces, but he, he really taught me how to bullshit my way through it, like bullshit my way on the bass. And, I, I mean, honestly, I, I thank him for it because I bullshitted my way into a lot of gigs because yeah. of it, you know, uh, starting out. Um, but, yeah, man, I I really didn't get, get a grip of it until um, actually a buddy of mine that lives in town here, he uh, he sat me down and was like, do you want to learn the right way? I said, yes, please. And, dude, we, we sit there for hours on end sometimes and just talk theory, talk – You know, or he'll play. You know, a root, uh, a root to a seven, a root to a five, a root to a three, and just get my ear training in different keys, just to know what what each one sounds like, and and to be able to to play a song, and know where it's going, whether it's a rock song or a country song. Because, I mean, you've you've played cover song, country covers and stuff.
0: A Um, little bit. I'm just kind of starting to to play on Broadway. I don't know what's mm -hmm. gonna happen with it, but. Even, like, on a four-hour gig, and I haven't played the full four hours yet. I've kind of sat in, like, two hours at a time, and this coming Saturday is going to be my first one. Um, big Machine, right? Big Machine, yeah. yeah. Big Machine 2 to 6, be there. Uh, shit. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it. even in that limited amount of time that I've had, it's like, oh, shit, there's a hole in my game here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know where it is. Gl- I mean... As a player, you always know, but you don't necessarily need to use those muscles or you're able to avoid them on gigs by being like, I'm just going to practice extra hard or do whatever it is. Because usually it's like 15, maybe 20 songs Mm -hmm. if you're playing like an artist gig, depending on who the artist is. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, and that's what fucked me up for so long was, you know, back home, it was, you know, I played for my cousin, but that was a quote, artist gig. Our longest set was an hour and a half long. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I I did the, the, the cover band thing here and there, but it was one of the cover band situations where it's your hometown bars. I grew up in a beach town, too. So imagine Nashville, but on a beach. Yeah. You know, kind of a, the, the same situation of it was just a bunch of drunk people that wanted to hear music. And Didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Now. Yeah. There, there were some singers out there where the the quality mattered. Yeah, the quality of the playing mattered. But what what they really wanted was showmanship, and uh, that's what they got, man. You know what what I lacked in technique and playing ability, I I genuinely and this isn't me tooting my own horn, but I I know that I made up for it with the entertainment aspect of being a player on stage.
0: Yeah well, it's it's that plus you also have to be easy to work with. You have to be a cool mm-hmm. hang, yeah. you can't be an asshole. you can yeah. be an asshole, but you have to be very, very, very good,
1: yeah, but even yeah. then
0: people still don't want to call you,
1: oh, yeah, and I mean yeah you know, i I'm sure I'm speaking for a lot of musicians, and w- when I say, you know, we know great musicians, great drummers, guitar players, bass players, singers, whatever it may be but we won't call them back because of how shitty they were on that run. Yeah. Whether it's it's how, you know, how they talked, how they presented themselves, how they treat others. Like, your personality is so important in the music industry. Yeah, Like, you have to be a cool, chill dude, you know, to, to make it, really. I mean...
0: You can't freak out too much, either. Like, yeah. in the way that you're worried about everything, because mm-hmm. no one wants to play with you then, because it's like you need too many details beforehand to do anything yeah some questions are good Mm -hmm. but you just have to there's a certain degree of trust that you have to have when you're taking a role as a bass player in a band Mm -hmm. i think same thing anytime you're kind of getting hired or you're a filling guy or something like that it's like okay they have the way they do things and then from there you play a gig with them maybe they call you back maybe they don't but you have to make that decision after. Well,
1: do I want to keep doing this even if the gig right. goes well? Yeah.
0: Cuz sometimes the answer is no. It's like there's too much bullshit on the gig.
1: Yeah, 100% man. And too like what what a lot of people don't realize too is, you know, you can get offered a, a gig plan for, you know, a C-lister or or even a B-list artist and you just don't mesh. Yeah. You know, I've I've had plenty of situations where you know, the the, the band and the the artists are great people absolutely great people but you just don't mesh with them on the road you know you're you're kind of you know they they got their own thing going and you know uh, I have a a different sense of a very dark sense of humor and um, you know kind of Trying to find that line, but you don't want to say one thing that's over the edge too much to, yeah, that'll it's piss a, them off, yeah, or make
0: them uncomfortable, or yeah, because
1: because you can't go off the bat and be like, so how do you feel about this topic, and just start digging into yeah. it. Yeah, you have when, to feel it out a little bit. Yeah, and sometimes you know, sometimes that that could be a little difficult depending on the, the 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 situation, and you know, again, it's it's all about trying to find that that balance of like don't be the weird guy but ask questions at the same time Yeah. Like, try and stay interested. Um and sometimes just don't have anything in common with those people. Well,
0: it's like dating too. It's very similar to dating uh, like joining this band except you're with multiple people. You yeah. know what I mean? It's it's because sometimes you can be on a gig and maybe like the fucking lead guitarist is just an asshole, yeah. but it's also the singer's cousin. So you know that there's nothing that you can say or do that's going to make a difference. And at that point, you just have to step back, yep. you know, wash your hands of the situation,
1: 100%. Move
0: out of the way. But that's stuff that you learn over time as you gain experience, mm-hmm. you know, because like even before I moved to Nashville, I wasn't heavy into the cover gig thing like I would sometimes but I I taught a lot so that's how I learned a lot of songs I had to teach Mm -hmm. it to to kids in like a band setting
1: yeah so they're playing
0: like rock music for the first time and they're learning how to do it and I was one of the instructors so it's like you learn a ton of songs that way but point being you learn all these different personality types because really there's not too many different personality types there's Mm -hmm. maybe like seven or eight or something like that yeah um, and everybody is unique don't get me wrong but there's there's repeated themes we're all human beings yep. to a certain degree um some less than others but yeah it's it's kind of interesting to see because when you when you're really out there getting your your hands dirty and skinning your knee a little bit um just different ways that people deal with it too of telling that telling you that you fucked up oh yeah you know, because <laughs> yeah. sometimes someone will just fucking lay into you. They'll lay into you in that moment, and then they'll be over it, and they just expect you to do whatever you got to do. Yeah. There's sometimes where someone is riding you and micromanaging you constantly, and then there's other times where someone won't say anything at all. You just won't get a call again.
1: Yep. Yep. Man, I, I was I was very fortunate uh, after after COVID was was done. Yeah. Oh, I say done. It's, air quotes. Air, air quote. Air quote. The fuck out of that. Yeah. Um. I had a gig with a one of my best friends, actually, and uh, it was the first time we had all been on the road in over a year. So, you know, there there was the level of professionalism went absolutely down the shitter for a little while. Because everyone's rusty. Well, not not even that. You just want to have fun. Yeah. Like oh, you, I got you. I got you. You yeah. haven't been on stage in forever, and, it, you know, you just want to have fun, and, I remember, and I'm I'm going to call myself out on this one, because I have learned from this mistake. Uh, we were playing in Nebraska. This is actually a really nice venue. And just, man, way too much to drink before, drank during the show, drank after the show. Man, I couldn't tell you how many songs I got right that night. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. It you was. were just eating shit? Yeah, I, was, I ate shit the entire night, man, like, wrong key completely wrong keys stumbling a little bit like just
0: does your time go out the window when you drink too oh yeah yeah mine does as well i can't drink and play
1: like it it just hey it it killed me and uh woke up the next morning my buddy comes up to me he goes are you okay i'm like i feel a little sick why he goes no like are you good mentally i'm like yeah why like man you partied a little too i he goes i i never seen you drink that much and he was my roommate for quite some time oh damn he's like i've never seen you drink that much and i was like yeah dude just had to get the party out like I, i promised that was that was the last time and i i made that promise and that was the last time i got that drunk on stage like that that if if there's one piece of advice i can give anybody whether you're a veteran or just coming up like don't drink don't drink until after the show yeah like it's it's cool to have a pre-show shot and stuff for it, th- this is my preference at least sure yeah yeah like it, it's it's cool to have a pre-show shot like that's a that's a ritual it's a tradition that a lot of people do whatever but for me now man it's you know I'll maybe have a, a cocktail on my amp and that'll last two three hours maybe mm-hmm. you know um and I, I I just have to pace myself um mainly for the quality of the show too yeah you know, yeah like when when you're when you're the musician you're not just representing yourself like your brand you're, you're representing that artist brand as well. And of whoever hired you. Exactly. And that, is, I mean, if you ruin their reputation, they can just as easily ruin yours in this town. All it takes is a text and a Facebook post, and by God, you're done.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, there's been situations, I'm sure as you have been, where it's like you've been playing with someone, and they just totally tanked, and then they were shitty after. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, well... I'm, it's not so much that you're going to tell everybody who is awesome, but it, it's like you never mind telling someone don't hire that person if they're asked.
1: Exactly. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I mean, I, I think everybody's a little guilty of, of doing that.
0: For um, sure. Well, it's, it's, um, dude, it's funny you say that because when I first got to town, it really pissed me off. It's cause it's like, you don't have a bad reputation. You have no reputation. So you're starting to build that layer, brick mm-hmm. by brick, of good experiences, of people liking you, yep. even if you fuck up, you know what I mean? As long as you oh, have yeah. a good attitude and you show improvement, most of the time people will call you again just because they mm-hmm. like having you around yeah. and they know you learn from your mistakes.
1: Exactly, yeah. I mean, you know, like the, the, the guy that I played with at that Nebraska gig... I played with him for another two years straight. After that, yeah. you know, I mean, that there were I I didn't miss, I didn't miss one gig for about two and a half years. Um, but the reason I started missing gigs was a whole a whole other story, and that's you know why why I took a step back from playing. But uh, yeah, man, like I never missed a gigs from that. I, I I learned from that. I learned the songs. I you know I wrote parts for for the original stuff you know and really just dug in deep to playing playing for him and being like you know this is my gig I don't need anybody else to take this gig I don't you know I want easy to get replaced I want people to want my gig yeah you know um and you just got to be be good uh, be, be a good player at least and be a great person too and like you were saying learn from your mistakes
0: yeah yeah, it's crucial, I think, learning from the mistakes because it's so easy to try and avoid the things we don't like doing
1: mm-hmm.
0: or avoid the things that make us uncomfortable as players, not just as people. I'm talking about straight-up musical ability.
1: Oh, yeah. But you
0: also don't want to sign up for a fucking gig that you're not a fit for either.
1: <laughs> I've done that, yeah. Yeah, yeah for I've, sure. I have too. Yeah, man. And the, the, there's, there's quite a few pop acts. Where you know, I mean, if if you look at my like persona or whatever, you know, I, I'm a big burly dude with tattoos, a beard, and yeah, the biker rings and all that shit, man. You fit like, with a country band, like I you fit with southern rock. I fit bands. with a southern rock band. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Um, there, there's a great artist here in town. Uh, his his name is Yakin. Um, his, his that's his stage name, uh, Josh is his name, but, uh, I tell you what, man, he is very, like, his genre is poppier-ish, but more, it's very CCM-like, like, it's, it's different, um, and the, all the guys in that band are, are clean cut, you know, like, you know, like clean shaven, real nice like me. looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then there's me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, I I played with him consistently for for a while too, uh, doing in town stuff and and man, you want to talk about a, sticking out like a sore thumb? You know, I, as soon as I got up with with those guys, they were like, "What the fuck is he doing?" You know, um, I I always thought it was funny. Yeah, but, yeah. I I have my look. I have my thing. Sure. Um. It kinda, you kind of you you what you get is what you see, really. And uh, man, if that wasn't the tr- <laughs> the truest with that band, it it was pretty funny.
0: Yeah. Well, there's so many different layers to learning where you fit and where you don't. Mm-hmm. And like you can intuitively, instinctually, kind of know where you don't fit. Yeah. But, um, I mean, musically, sometimes you, you gel really well with people and sometimes you might not even like them as a person. I've had that happen before too, where it's like, shit, we have amazing musical chemistry or the opposite is also true. Mm -hmm. You can be really good friends with someone and just like, eventually you can start playing well together, but sometimes you have to learn each other's, uh, musical vocabulary and your musical feel. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Takes time.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's 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 always fascinating to me to see you know guys that have been playing with like Zach Brown and uh, like Kenny Chesney and um, who are like Cody Johnson's band, you know. If if you listen to go to those guys, they are tight. I mean, absolutely tight, and they know each other like how how to feed off of each other when, when they do go wild. Now their stuff is obviously, you know, more, more staged and, and stuff like that than, than a lot of, you know, most artists coming up, mm-hmm. but man, like they, they rip and they, they feed off of each other on stage, energy wise, playing wise, and they, they know each other so well. And I, I think that comes with just a lot of time too, you know, um, it, it especially here in town with with a lot of the up and comers i mean I'm, I'm sure you know this just from being a hired gun hired guns are everywhere yeah you know it's it's very hard to find a solid bass player for an artist that isn't consistently touring that isn't consistently putting music out and having dates and having showcases that are paid to, to give the artists or to give the uh, musicians and that whole sort of thing, man. I mean, you know, it, and to me, everybody's a hired gun until the artist that they're playing with is at that point.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good way of looking at it because there are definitely times, you know, someone gets signed or they get some new management and then guess what? changing everything Mm -hmm. changing the look changing the sound we're going to change the players we're going to do this we're going to do that and you just have to be able to well read the room figure out what's going on i mean you have to be a little bit paranoid at all times that you're going to lose whatever it is the gig is that you have
1: Mm -hmm. a hundred percent you you really got to keep keep on your toes because the second you're not on your toes you're going to get swept off your feet and not in a good way (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're going to get knocked out at the knees. You ain't Cinderella at the ball. you you about to be hit with a ball. Is what's about yeah. to happen.
0: <laughs> and it's happened to me. It's happened to me here. I mean, when I when I first um, started playing in town, really the way I got my start was playing at blues jams. That's cool. Around town just to start meeting players because, of yeah. course, it's the blues. Everybody goes up. You play three songs. You know, it could be anything from one to three chords. hmm depending on what the blues standard is that the, the whoever is singing wants to play. Right. Um, but, dude, there were so many times that I just ate fucking shit. I, like, I, even now, dude, I, I am not confident in my ability to play a slow blues. It's three <laughs> fucking chords. Yeah. I'm always so panicked. I'm like, is there a quick four in this one? And you find out fast if there is or not.
1: Hey, it's quick. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's just like a... So being the emphasis on being cool is, is definitely important and because that leads to you getting gigs elsewhere. It's mm-hmm. like everybody that I'm playing with or talking to now, not everybody, but there's a good majority of the, the other, you know, young dudes that I met out at those jams that are still my homies now. Yeah. It's like, we moved here all at the same time. We didn't really know anybody and we were just down in the fucking trenches, dude. Yeah. You're just trying to make a name for yourself and get hired on some gig, some fucking fifty dollar gig if you're lucky in <laughs> yeah. town before you can even dream about going on on the road or anything like that, and it's just a process.
1: Oh yeah, dude. Like I, I always find it fascinating like hearing other people's stories about how how they got to where they are. You know, as far as where they're at in town, like like you went to to jams there's other people that go and they just do downtown yeah um you know i the the i didn't know what i wanted to do except play yeah and it man it i want to say it happened organically but i don't know if that's the right word i don't know if it's just pure damn luck for once in my life <laughs> but um you know i i didn't go to jams i i went to broadway and I went to songwriter rounds. I got to know the writers, you know, I, I got to know the people behind the songs. And, um, actually I started to, to write songs. I, I, you know, we all have songs we wrote back home and they were never good enough to be, (laughs) to be brought here, but I started really taking songwriting seriously. And, Started playing rounds and stuff, and next thing I know, you know, my buddy's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a band to to play at Bellcourt Taps." I'm like, well, you need a bass player. He goes, "Yeah, I do." I said, "Well, <laughs> guess what? You're in luck." Yeah, and you know, I, I went a, a different route with it of getting to know the the writers and going that way because to to me, in in my head, I was like, the writers are artists too, and. It just takes one. Yeah, you know, and they so, need
0: demos cut so they can send their songs to artists yeah, trying to sell them.
1: Yeah, dude, and like I, I, I was barely recording anything then. I was really just trying to play gigs, yeah, get, get runs, you know, on, on the road and in a van, you know, and I, I successfully did that. uh Just meeting artists and, and getting out there, and had some part time jobs in between there, just. Just cause times got tough and I mean, I, you know, like most musicians, I've sold gear to stay here, but it was I gear I needed to be here. So it's, you know, it's like, you know, the, the, the constant, constant battle of that. But, um, yeah, man, like I, I just wanted to play and, and going that route to me was the most rewarding too, because when you're in that writing room for the first time with that writer, you know, uh, the first little bit typically isn't business. It's hey, how's it go? You know, like you're very, very casual, and you kind of get get to know a person,
0: feeling you out. Uh,
1: yeah, exactly. And I've I've made some really great, really genuine friendships from being in a room with somebody. And instead of you know this this happened a, a bunch when I first moved to town. And instead of writing a song, we just chatted, you know, got to know each other, and then we'd book a write for next week or you know Mm -hmm. whatever but i just some really good friendships came that way and i don't think i would be in the position i'm in now if i didn't make those friendships and and make those connections like i did um i who who the hell knows well it takes
0: a village i there's so many different ways to skin a cat you know uh, so it's like for, for me, my experience, the, the, way truly that I got to really know people in town was because of this podcast. Yeah. Like I didn't really, I mean, I knew people, but it made it an icebreaker. What do you do? I'm a bassist, a producer, and a podcaster, even though yeah. I wasn't getting any base or production work at the time, mm-hmm. just the mere fact of having a podcast alone had people wanting to talk to me. Because mm-hmm. I had a means for helping people promote, which I love to do. You know, I, I, there's so many different musicians who have come on over the over the years, mm-hmm. of all different kinds, all mm-hmm. different styles, different iterations, and Nashville. Although it there's so much music going on here, it's a it's like a, a beehive, and every mm-hmm. single scene is like its own honeycomb. Yeah, yeah because Broadway's really its own scene mm-hmm. then you have music row the b- music row all the writers that's its own scene the writers rounds there's a little bit of a blue scene a little bit of a jazz scene there's the east nashville scene mm-hmm. there's the americana scene which is different than the broadway country scene even though oh, it's yeah. even though it's country music yeah um
1: air quotes on that yeah yeah well it depends on who it is i will say
0: like sturgill simpson he, he's someone that they they say is americana but i would i would consider it. i mean sturgill's his own genre really well, they
1: make uh jason isabel yeah uh like it, i i forgot where i saw it, but they had him as folk I'm like, yeah he's not folk no. at all. no no what the hell is but
0: people love to to give labels to shit um but yeah so it's it's there's there's all these different scenes and for me my whole thing was like there's all this music going here i want to have a resource where it's all kind of unified coming to the same Mm. place yeah and um i mean that that just kind of happened naturally a little bit over time there was there has never been a straight line of this is what i want to do um Exactly. I just knew I didn't want to lead a typical fucking 9 to 5 life like I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. But um yeah, you know, that's the other thing. Taking taking a a day a day gig, a day job. It's like dating a a girl that you know you don't want to marry.
1: Okay, yeah. Yeah. Where it's Very like in, well put, yeah. in the
0: back of your head you're like I really like this person or i fucking hate this person mm-hmm. and then you break up immediately or you quit the job whatever it is yeah but it's a uh, a process to kind of figure it out I, I it always takes me a couple of months to figure out how i truly feel about something i never right. know right away i can get a feeling from a person right um i can be like i don't want to do business with person this person or it makes me feel weird yeah um but sometimes I have to get a little bit down the road to kind of see how I truly feel about something before right. I can make a decision.
1: See, I'm I'm weird, man. Like it if it's not music, fuck it. Like yeah, you know, I I I kind of had to take this this day job for a little bit. It's cuz of my situation. Yeah. And um man, I already just don't want to clock in the next day. Yeah. You know, I
0: know exactly what you mean.
1: Like, um, I'm there because I need to be there. Uh, my savings are draining very quickly yeah. after two years of not, you know, not really having anything. Um, and that per my own choice, um, for sure. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it fucking sucks. And now there are benefits to it. And Definitely. Yeah, you, you know, you but yeah, man. Like I just, I, I, I don't see myself in this position in the next year. Which I mean, my my plan is to be producing full time, and I came to that conclusion last year. You know, um, I, I had always loved producing, and and you know, I, I had a post a post hardcore band back in the day, and you know, I I recorded all our stuff and put it out, played shows. And, you know, we, we put records out, we put singles out. I love that aspect of it. But every time I get on a stage, you know, that would just trump everything. And uh, now that I've gotten older, wiser, and a lot, a lot more uh, disgruntled, <laughs> I, I, I realized that, you know, I I want to create more, you know, I I, I want to, Help artists make their make their music come to life and and help them make music too. Um, yeah, I'm I'm getting back into songwriting and and definitely uh, getting as much gear as I possibly can within the next twelve months to be able to su- successfully put out good or better quality than than what I do now. And uh, obviously that that's always the goal is to keep building, keep and getting better. Yeah. yeah but i'm i'm in a very unique spot right now to where i can just overload, make it happen, dip out and not necessarily miss a beat because i i'm still booking sessions and stuff like that on on days i don't work. So
0: yeah, well, it's figuring out how to make every part of what you're doing useful to fit the greater good. Yeah. Cause I think there's a lot of musicians who move here and they show up and they say, well, I'm here, you know, and they have, they throw their arms up in the air. It's like someone discover me. It's like, that's not really that, that isn't how it
1: works. No, you gotta go.
0: You gotta, yeah, you gotta be doing shit. People gotta see you. And I think for me, especially this past year, um, I've kind of been in isolation a little bit, just down in this basement recording behind these microphones, but, um, it's like over time you start to realize the stuff you don't want to do and the stuff that you can start saying no to. Yeah. Where it's like as much as that would be fun to do, or as much as that would be shitty to do, I'm <laughs> not going to do it. Right. Just yeah. for the money or just for the clout, yeah. whatever it is that comes along with it. Yeah.
1: I mean, man, like I, yeah i I'm very blessed to to be to be where I'm at. Quite literally, in, in, in a physical sense, um, yeah. You know, I I'm, I'm writing songs about it, so I might as well talk about it a little bit. Um, because of previous decisions in my life, I uh, I ended up on on death row in a hospital bed uh, a couple times within the last year. And uh, when you're seeing the Grim Reaper in your dreams, you start to you start to have a few realizations <laughs> about your life and 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 what you want to do. And, um, you know, surgeries later, specialist appointments later, you know, I just really, uh, really thought about my life and, and what I wanted to do. And I realized that, you know, the road, even though I'm, quote, sober or, you know, clean, you know, I don't do drugs anymore. What's that movie quote? Um, I used to do drugs. I mean, I still do, but I used to, too. Oh, fuck, what, what is that what, from? I don't know what that's from. I forgot what it was that from. That sounds like a Mitch Hedberg joke. It joke. does. I forgot where, I'll have to Google it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, I hardly drink anymore. Don't, you know, I, I don't do any drugs anymore. And even just, like, the uh, the toll that being, being in a van or on a bus takes on your body right now, like, I'm not physically up for that 100% of the time anymore. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I I got a dog and a girl now, so it's like, you know, I gotta really take a step back and be like, you know,
0: prioritize.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, kind of made me realize too of like, this is one Avenue I've always truly loved and I never really explored it just due to the fact that I didn't. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been, you know, Continuously writing songs since since I moved here, that that never stopped. But the the producing aspect is like that's so much fucking fun. Like I love going into studios and seeing all the analog gear and the in the the consoles or even home studios now, which are huge a huge thing now, especially here in Nashville. There's guys that make quarter million dollars or more a year out of their fucking house recording and mixing. Um and it's just so awesome to me to see that you don't need you know 10 million dollar studio to to make great music that's going to be on playlists or be shared by thousands if not hundreds of thousands millions of people around the world and uh that's that's definitely one thing that I, I'm really excited about for for my next chapter is being able to prioritize that and, and dive head first into it and, you know instead of being a part of a session or help during the session, I'm the reason the session's going on. You know, like, I'm I'm the reason this music is going to get out there, or at least a, a big part of it.
0: Definitely, yeah. I think the, the experience of, of recording in Nashville, it's like I've gotten to record at some of the best studios in town. I've been very lucky to do so. But even the first session that I, I had... At Blackbird, which was for one of my my own songs. And don't get me wrong. It was cool as fuck. <laughs> but once I was actually in there and working and all of that, I wanted some level of adversity. Like, I wanted the AC to not be working or for us to have to to just modify a little bit. So yeah. Some kind of shared experience. Because w- places like Blackbird, and Blackbird's like the ultimate example of this, <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah everything about it is perfect but i don't want to work under perfect conditions right yeah i don't i want to work under conditions that are moderately uncomfortable not completely uncomfortable okay yeah but i feel like it really adds something for me the creative factor but not everybody is like that though
1: oh for sure yeah everybody's different yeah
0: some people like the comfort yeah. You know, they want a pair of slippers and a candy bar. <laughs> They're waiting for them, and that's yeah. fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I want everybody to be a little bit uncomfortable—not in mm-hmm. dealing with people, but just the physical environment. Of, yeah. I like it when gear malfunctions while right. you're recording. You're probably the so only person. It depends on what the gear <laughs> what the gear is.
1: If it's any of my gear, son, it's game on. I'm it, fixing it. Then. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but that that can be the other thing, too. It's just like the shared experience of something malfunctioning, and you have to stop when you were in the middle of a great fucking take. Mm-hmm. um you know, I think stuff like that is important to sessions because it's uh you're bonding in a way mm-hmm. you're you're down in that foxhole with each other, trying to just get through it
1: yeah well it it, it all comes back to vibe, man, uh, like whether you're on the road or in the studio, that's a hundred percent what it is. You know, I mean, like for, for, you know, for for you, you you like uncomfortable, quote, situations. It's like, okay, cool. You know, like, man, it's, I'm not going to say it's easy to make an uncomfortable situation. I mean, it. It is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Depending (laughs) depending
0: on how uncomfortable you want to make it. Yeah.
1: I mean, I could get awkward real quick if you want me to. yeah. But, you know, like, studios are like Blackbird, man. They, they are meant to be perfect. And I love that about Blackbird. And same thing with East West. Phenomenal studio. Absolutely phenomenal. But, I mean, they're, they're perfect, you know. Like, my my idea of, and this is a grand dream, you know, to, to for me to open a commercial space, I'd have it like a tattoo shop design it exactly like a tattoo shop because there's no place that I think musicians feel more comfortably uncomfortable than in a tattoo shop
0: interesting okay
1: because you know when you get that vibe and you walk in you're you're excited then you smell the green soap and you get nervous then you sit on the chair you get wiped down you start getting excited again you hear the buzz of the machine you get nervous again. It's a it's a wave of emotion, and so to to create that vibe of a tattoo shop going into a studio, you know, while while making the artist relaxed as well, you know, sure, absolutely, um, you know, you, you don't you, want anyone on edge, exactly, yeah, yeah, but keeping that l- little bit of like a little bit of angst and and anxiousness in them, but excitement at the same time, I think that'll get the best takes, honestly. Because, you know, you can go into into studios or, uh, like, ho- home studios, professional ones, and it's exactly what you think. Felted walls, really clean carpet, there's a nice couch to sit and write on, you get the nice microphones and the guitars on the stands or whatnot. You know, but there's no, like, gargoyle over the, over the, the computer. You know, th- there's no... You know, there's no, like, dragons on the wall or koi fish or, or flash.
0: It's always a very clean vibe. Yeah. S- sanitized.
1: Right, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Like, like, when you think clean and sanitized in a home studio, you think, like, white walls, like, really nice, like... The, the, the new thing now is like the gray, like everything's gray. So like the gray wood floor, if you know what I mean.
0: I've never seen. Oh, like the like, laminate. Like in a new apartment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: Like it's like that kind of wood on the floor, like just very clean, very precise. Looks like
0: a upscale Airbnb. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, you know, like for me, man, like I want the, the uh, I mean, not in uh, like a tracking room or anything, but like when you walk in, like, give me the concrete floor. Give me, you know, give me the, the posters of tattoo flash. Give me the, you know, the, the pinup girl with, with the titty hanging out of it on the wall, you know, like God bless America. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, the, the Ed Hardy tattoo thing, you know, like that, that's the kind of vibe I want to go with. And, you know, most musicians nowadays have tattoos anyway. I'm in the minority of musician who who doesn't have tattoos. One of my best friends of all time is in the same boat. He's one of the best guitar players I know. But he is god-awfully, like, deathly afraid of needles. Yeah. He, he won't do it. I mean, this dude has... He's got the smartest mouth known to mankind... And the biggest balls I've met on somebody, it, it it's honestly amazing he ain't got his shit punched in yet. And if he listens to this, he'll know who I'm talking. He'll know I'm talking about yeah, him. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, like he just he cannot do it. He cannot sit in a chair and get tattooed. And I, I to me that's fun funny, you know. I'm Yeah. I'm covered. But um, yeah, man, like I. I want that vibe because even though he doesn't have a tattoo, he's going to walk into that studio or walk into that shop and still feel comfortable. Yeah. You know, like the, the dudes with their stretched ears and their split tongues, isn't going to scare him away, you know? And that, that's kind of what I really want in a, in a studio for, for me to build out, you know? Um, I, I want that vibe. If I can find an assistant with a split tongue and, you know, stretched ears. Like a and, freak
0: show vibe kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. yeah but, that's but cool. They're
1: like the, sw- the sweetest dude ever. Yeah. You know, like he's super sweet. He does his body modifications. Mm-hmm. Like, y- y- please like that. That's what I want. But, uh, but yeah. And you know, it's, it's funny thinking, you know, just thinking in, in my head, you get like a, you know, a country act that, hadn't really been in that situation but you're in a tattoo shop like that before and seeing the the angst on their face it's like hey calm down like're we're, we're, we're gonna, gonna be get, okay yeah yeah like we're gonna get a good session in go like go clean up get you some water get you some cokes drink a little bit whatever you got to do relax here get to know the vibe of the place look around and then let's get to work like let's let let's let's make this happen, and then you know depending on the artist whether how pop or country they are, kind of have music playing to to round it off. You know, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not saying you know blast Luke Bryan every time somebody walks in, but I'm also not saying blast you know Norwegian death metal <laughs> half the time either have have a good mix of of everything so the vibe is always good depending on who's going in there um just in a tattoo shop recording studio vibe
0: well dude thank you so much for coming on today
1: yeah man where can people find you uh you can how oh, i just changed my instagram handle um it's tyler, tyler bates music right yes thank you yeah. it's tyler bates music on instagram uh tyler bates music on tiktok um and yeah, I should be, I should be getting better about posting on Instagram and TikTok, but other than being in the hospital, I've really had nothing, <laughs> nothing else happen to me, man. But yeah, uh, everybody can find me on there. I should be back to posting regularly soon with uh, studio content, original music content, little, little bit of everything, some, some humorous stuff on there too of me and booty shorts
0: hell yeah well dude thank you so much for
1: coming on today thanks for having me man of
0: course keep on dreaming see you next week